Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio, come in, come in Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. Good evening. It is July, and I hope your 4th of July holiday weekend was good and that you enjoyed the freedom that we have to cook out, look at beautiful women in their swimsuits, looking good at the cookouts and their Daisy Dukes and their summer dresses. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And for you ladies, that man of yours who's, you know, dude up and he's looking good and tanned. He's working that grill like there's no tomorrow. I hope you all enjoyed that in time with family and friends. What today is July 6th, Thursday, 8 p.m. And now it's time for Oscar Mike Radio. And as always, we begin with the question of the week. And the question of the week is about North Korea because they were just able to launch a tactical ballistic missile successfully and it's just a matter of time before people think they have the capability to reach the US they can certainly reach Japan a couple of our allies over there and people are asking me what do I think is going to happen and I don't know. Uh, we're dealing with a rulership in North Korea who's not exactly rational. If you look at what they do to their own people, not exactly functioning in a normal society. So I'm not really sure what you can do or what's going to happen or how you do this without the expenditure of a lot of money and lives. I really think that our allies in China and Russia need to step up to the plate and help put the hammer down and impress upon them that uh, this is a bad idea. North Korea and China do significant trade, and I would start with sanctions and really hurt them in the pocketbook before we put one American life at stake. I am all about keeping the peace. I'm all about protecting our interests and our allies. But we are not the world's police force. 
and there are other countries that can put leverage in indirect and direct ways to help resolve the situation. The only thing I can say that worries me is uh, Kim Jong-il is going to keep doing this and keep escalating this and keep thumbing our, his nose at us until something happens. And that worries me greatly. But if we have to go in and lay the smack down, I'd say we should launch some B-52s and B-1s and B-2s from Guam and make it rain. So that's how I feel. I don't want us to use force first and it should definitely be a a thing of last resort. And that's my answer to the question of the week. So last month I did a story and as we finish the question of the week, we're going to move into the word. And uh, episode 46, I believe, was about my military story, part one. And I told everybody that I would try to do a monthly series based on my military story in the Marine Corps. Even though my career was brief, but it was unique. And so again, the words passed down from top to bottom all around. And the word for this week is my military story part two. And I'm going to talk about uh, my experience taking the ASVAB and my experience primarily in MEPS, where um, it's just an acronym and I don't even know what it stands for anymore. But it's the place you go before you go to boot camp. Now, I had taken the ASVAB. I had gotten a pretty high score. I I knew that I could, you know, have my pick of job and job opportunities in the Marine Corps if I wanted it. And I knew that my recruiter was really pushing hard for me to go open contract which just worried me and honestly the aspect the thought the notional of giving the government any more control over my life than they were already going to get just seemed a bad idea I wanted to retain some kind of direction in my military destiny and then you find out as everybody does that you know what it doesn't really matter once you sign that dotted line, your proverbial and literal ass is theirs. You belong to them. But that's further down the road. So I had taken the initial PFT and passed that. Uh, did, I think, like 12 pull-ups. I, I don't know how many pull-ups I could do right now. It's pretty embarrassing, but I probably be doing good to get two. I just haven't done them in years. I got the sit-ups and my run time was in the 20, 26, 27 minute run time. It wasn't spectacular. I wasn't like lining it up PT wise. I have short legs as all my Marine buddies know 
and running was just something I was not built to do off the assembly line. Other kinds of activities, I can crush them, but this was not one of them. And I was told after all that, after I took my PFT and all that, the, the next step was to go to MEPS. And it was an all-day process. So I got to MEPS in Shreveport, Louisiana in the morning with my little packet from my recruiter and checked in. And the, the, the weird thing was at first was I thought this was just a, a Marine Corps thing. No, they had every service there except for the Coast Guard. They had the, the Army National Guard. They had all the other four main branches. I, I did not see a Coast Guard representation there, as I recall. But the other five, if you will, were there. And so there were, there were senior enlisted enlisted and officers from all of the services mingling about shepherding their charges through these stations. And the first thing they did with me is verify my education. They wanted to make sure that I went to the high school that I said I went to, that I had the proper credentials from that high school. That's the first thing they did. The second thing they did was they made me drink a bunch of water and pee in the cup, you know, to make sure that, you know, I was healthy. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird, but all right. So I peed in a little cup and gave it to them. And then really the, the, the next rest of the morning was the, the medical part of it. They, they had you do these weird things where you would kind of duck walk and then lay on your knees and then jump up. You do some push-ups, you do some... You know, can you touch your toes? You know, standing over. Can you do a, a double knee bended squat? You know, all kinds of weird, funky movements to, you know, see if you were physically able, as best they could tell. And we went through station after station, you know, sat down and talked to this, he looked like a Navy guy. He asked about my mental state and why I wanted to join. And I told him I, you know, wanted to get out of Shreveport. Told him I wanted to serve my country. You know, kind of following my grandfather's footsteps. Both my grandfathers served in the Navy, and I wanted to join the Marine Corps. So on and so forth down the line. You know, just answer all the questions. Next part of the morning was dental, where they actually, you know, did a cursory dental exam. At least it's just how I remember it. You know, I, 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 it's kind of funny when I was thinking about this, trying to remember everything they did. So if my memory's spotty, I apologize, but I remember them looking in my mouth, making sure that there was no problems, no blatant cavities or wisdom teeth need to be cut out before I left. Because of course, if you could, if they could get your civilian insurance to pay for it, they wouldn't have to worry about it. And this how it goes you're still a civilian and trust me if you can get your wisdom teeth out or your teeth fixed or your malady fixed before you enter the military I would highly advise that versus trying to deal with that and the stresses of boot camp and your MOS school just a little FYI a bit of advice just saying then we broke for lunch 
believe it, but people got an hour and a half for lunch. We broke right at noon, and we were to report back at 13.30. I'm like, this is crazy. I only get 30 minutes at my job. This is nuts. I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there because, you know, nothing else to do. And I was wearing this, uh, like, cami blouse top that I'd gotten for paintball. I thought I was going to be all motivated and wear it. That really didn't impress them that much because I didn't have my name tapes on it. My sleeves weren't rolled right. And it just wasn't a good scene. And finally I was told to remove it because it just was not befitting the uniform of a United States member of the armed forces. I'm like, okay, that's pretty hardcore. But hey, what did I know? I thought I was being motivated. So I sit there and sit there and sit there. 1330 comes. And now it's time to really dive into some secondary testing to see if the ASDAB was a fluke. So it took some more tests. I guess they were happy. One of the things that I wanted to do before I sat on the air wing was be a language specialist. So there's a weird, funky test that is administered to determine your aptitude and ability to quickly learn and speak another language. And to my chagrin, frustration, and shame, I failed it three times. I tried taking it three times, and I did not get it, which is kind of funny because I'm learning Polish right now, and I'm making progress, albeit slow, but I can learn another language, and Polish is just as difficult as English or Chinese in some regards. But that being said, I did that, failed that test, uh, did some more questions, did some more testing, and was sent home. It is an all-day affair to sit there and go through this whole rigmarole. The medical, dental, psychological, aptitude testing, you know, beginning job placement interviews, the whole nine yards. And, and it's not really talked about that much. Like for a lot of Marines especially, I don't know about the other services because I haven't really talked to a lot of people in their boot camp experiences because, well, I mean, come on, the Air Force is only six weeks and you're done. It's not even okay, I guess. But um, for, for us, you know, a lot of people do not talk about their MEPS experience at all. But it's a very crucial part of the whole onboarding process for someone going to the military. It's really the military's last step to see if you're going to be, you know, signed up and awarded that money to get you in the boot camp to train you. And it's their, their vetting process to vet you out to make sure there's no problems they're going to catch before they go into sending you to boot camp. And it's very important because if if they miss something and you get to boot camp and they send you home, it's bad for the recruiter. It's bad for you as the uh, recruit because you, you thought you were in, you thought you are going to do this, and they hear something in your heart your lungs, they find an allergy, you, you have an allergic reaction to something, you, you can't, you know, do this, you have a sleep apnea, whatever it is, MEPS didn't find it, you get to Paris Island or MCRD San Diego, I don't know if it's San Diego, where the Real Marine Corps is, and 
you're, you're screwed and, and you're sent home, you know, bald, broke, and, and wondering what the hell just happened. And it was one day out of my life, not really a, a, a huge important day in terms of my entire military experience, but however, it is something that everybody goes through. It's something you never hear about. So that happened. I just remember it taking all day. I remember it being boring. Uh, I remember doing some weird, funky stuff to see if I was fit, mentally able, taking tests for this and that, definitely determining that I could not uh, speak another language if I tried, and making sure I the, the ASAP score was absolutely right, and it was. So if you're listening to this and you have your own MEPS story or something funny that happened with MEPS, I'd love to hear about it. You can find me on Facebook, Oscar Mike Radio, Instagram, Twitter, Oscar Mike Radio, and of course my website, OscarMikeRadio.com. And that is my word for the week. Like I said, every month I'm going to do a story from my military uh, experience, and next month will be actually the day I went to boot camp. Okay, we're going to move on to the complaint department. Pogue and Grunt are questioning what's going on with the handgun acquisition, particularly with Glock. Glock is stating that there's all kinds of stuff going on and they didn't get a fair shake. And they want to appeal the decision that to use the six-hour P320 and put their platform up as a viable replacement to the M9 Breda. I see where they're coming from because the Army did a lot of testing with this. They spent a lot of money on on selecting their firearm. They really did. And on one hand, I'm I'm, I'm like, okay, it's over. Just it's over. They lost, right? On the other hand, it's kind of like, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is it's a huge deal for the firearms maker because whatever the army selects probably the the marine corps uh navy and air force will follow suit so the army is the largest purchaser of these firearms followed by the navy and marine corps and the feeling is whatever the army does the other services will follow suit, and there is a lot of money at stake for this contract, especially considering that they're going to be using these weapons for the next, you know, 10 to 20 years and servicing them. So just not only the initial acquisition of the firearm platform, but also upgrades, maintenance, service, that kind of thing, parts, it's a lot of money. So if Glock feels they have a case to make to get in the mix again somehow and show that the army overlooked something why not take it different regime different different uh you know rulers in office i shouldn't say it like that but you know we have a different different administration they might look at the whole acquisition process differently general mass might feel differently about one versus the other you never know so I understand why they're rolling the dice. I just don't know if it's going to do any good. And at the end of the day, anything is better than what uh, I shot in the Marine Corps. So that is their complaint for the week. 
and we'll see what they have for next week. So for the unit shout out of the week, I'm going to do something a little different. It's going to be a two-part shout out, I guess. Military.com reported on July 5th that in Germany, a child in kindergarten found a World War II incendiary bomb and brought it to the classroom. And, <laughs> you know, just walking in the woods is what the story says. Kid found a strange object and wanted to bring it for show and tell and brought it into class. And the teacher saw it and immediately called the cops, the police. And they brought in the team to disable it and make sure that nothing happened. And then they swept the remainder of the area where the child found it to make sure there was nothing else readily apparent. Now, say what you will about teachers earning their money, but I think it's pretty awesome that the teacher recognized immediately that it wasn't just a, a sardine can or a, you know, a piece of fence this kid found. It was an actual bomb. And whether it was live or not, it didn't really go into whether or not it was live or not. But they were able to evacuate the classroom, call the authorities in, and have the bomb properly disposed of. And it just speaks to how this was handled. Nobody got hurt. They were able to go back to the location and sweep it and educate everybody that they might find other things out there. And if you think that these things cannot be live 60 years later, you're sadly mistaken. If, if they are hermetically sealed and haven't, been, haven't deteriorated over time, they can still go off. Mines have been known to do this all over the world, which is why, for the large part, landmines are no longer uh, used in combat because of the civilian collateral once the conflict is over. So, in, in a way, you know, the kid found a, a cool metal shiny, you know, thing and brought it to class. It looked really cool. But my shout-out goes out to the teacher for recognizing the device for what it was properly conducting an evacuation of the school grounds and then kudos to the bomb disposal unit in Germany for going in and taking this out so no one got hurt and um, I'll have this article link in the Oscar Mike website blog site and that's my uh, shout out for the week I, I have no upcoming events this week I have nothing on the radar that I really liked. There was a bunch of stuff over the 4th of July holiday. I really didn't track on any one thing. But um, what I would say is if you have something coming down the, the pike for the fall or late summer or even the winter that you let me know, just drop me an email, Travis at OscarMikeRadio.com, and I'd be glad to do a shout-out or even better yet have you on the show. Oh, yes, yes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop the press. There is one thing I want to talk about. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me pull up my uh, Facebook here. Yeah, I'm kind of doing this on the fly. I should have it cut out and 
all nice and pretty for you, but you know what? I'm, I'm not going to worry about that this week. I have a friend. Okay, I have a friend who has been a longtime supporter of Oscar Mike Radio, whose children, these are kids, and they're raising money for uh, St. Jude's Cancer Research. And they are taking this summer to raise $5,000 for St. Jude's Hospital for Cancer Research. And they are asking anybody and everybody for help. They have a GoFundMe and I think a Patreon page going on. I have the cause listed on the Oscar Mike Radio Facebook page, but also we'll have a, um, a link in this week's blog site. Also, I'm talking with the mother of the children about what uh, I can do to help raise money for this cause through the podcast. And we're ironing out an idea right now, and it's going to be pretty cool when I get it going. So more to follow on that. But I think it's great when kids, you know, take the time to think of some, something other than themselves and try to, to do good in the world. And $5,000 can go a long way to helping somebody else out. So that will be in the blog post site. That will be on the Facebook page again. Uh, Janet is a great lady who is an ardent supporter of veterans and military and me and the podcast and what I've done and what I'm trying to do and her kids are great so check out that link see if you can help and if you've got any ideas for me and how I can help let me know so this wraps up episode 51 of Oscar Mike Radio next episode is going to be 52 which each episode comes out weekly which means yes next week July 13th will be a one year mark for this podcast check it out it's going to be great thank you so much this is Travis with OMR out Oscar Mike Radio over and out Oscar Mike Radio, do you copy? Sinister One Actual, I have you five by five. Oscar Mike Radio is in route. Copy that, Sinister One. Coming at you from the city of champions, Brockton, Massachusetts.
Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio, veteran in action, on the move, on mission, always. Off we go.